a series we're going to embark in today. It's what drives me to do it is men. But there's plenty of women stuff in this story. It's for all of us. It's Samson. Big movie came out last year or so. Did it on Samson. Amen. Go see it. Might get it on video. I don't know. Is that on video now? Yeah, get it. It's in red box. Go have fun. Here we go. But let's go with the Bible. Maybe you'll stay with me and then you'll check the movie out and see what, see which one is true. Amen. Come on. Samson, a not so super man. Say that with me. Samson, a not so Superman. I was hurting very deeply on a trip to Colorado about eight years ago. Things were rough. And I could see things on the horizon that were coming. That's before I was left. But it was difficult. And my son was with me in my white pickup truck. And we're north of Dallas. Headed to Colorado. Passing the racetrack there in Dallas. I remember it. And then going to Amarillo. How many been that way? Yeah. And Mitchell was older, getting a little older then. Well, he's older. He was, you know, in his early 20s. But my heart was heavy. And I told him, I said, son, I don't know if I can make it. And he didn't know the struggle. I said, I don't know if I can make it, son. And he tears up in his eyes and he looks at me. Because they ain't crazy. Kids know stuff. And he said these words to me. Dad, you can make it through anything. You're Superman. That's what he said to me. Little did he know that would be the thing that would keep me straight. He's 20 years, 21, 22 years old, but to him, he's that, he was that little boy that still saw me as Superman. I'm not Superman. You're not Superman or Wonder Woman. And he won't either. Amen? I wasn't planning on not telling that story either. It was a Raj. <laughs> Raj goes over here on a message with my office. I preach to him. Pray for him. <laughs> Can you imagine having to listen to me every Friday for two different sermons? And then, no, every Thursday, Wednesday or Thursday. And then he has to go home and put them together. And then he has to come here and listen to me. Don't forget I have to put them on the radio, too. And the Internet. And the Internet. Yeah. I know. He has the best Bible education. If you ask that guy a question, I bet he can answer it right there. Right there. Amen. <laughs> Let's go with the message, Raj. Push me now because I got emotional at the very beginning. I just thought of that. Amen. And uh, when, I was, uh, when I adopted uh, Danny and Abby and we had the adoption party for them, Kim made them shirts. 
and said, uh, if you don't believe in Superman, you haven't met my dad. That was the shirt she made him. You know, isn't that crazy? That's not true, but that's the shirt she made him. Amen. The fact of the matter is, this is a, this is a message that matters to me. This series, we're going to do it three weeks, guys. Here we go. Samson had a strong beginning. He had a strong beginning. A strong beginning. Many of us have had strong beginnings in our life. And we have absolutely ruined things in our life. But we, we can't say it wasn't good upbringing. We can't say it wasn't a strong beginning. But a lot of people don't have a strong beginning. I didn't have a strong beginning. I didn't know anything about the Lord, anything about the Bible, anything about that, anything about a mama loving a daddy and a daddy loving a mom. I knew none of that. Never saw it before. Didn't know what it was like to live in a home without drinking and people getting drunk. Didn't have any idea about that or without cussing or hollering at one another. I had no idea. I never saw my dad and mother kiss ever. Not once. A lot of y'all didn't grow up that way, did you? All right. So some of us had better beginnings than others, but this guy, he had it. Let's go, Raji. See what we got. What happens when people quit believing and serving the Lord? What happens? Okay. And I want to put this up again. I want to put this up again. Our country had a strong beginning. America had a strong beginning. Look at it. We were in bondage. People came to this country, left another country, and came in bondage to this country. Then they get here, and people are still trying to hold them down. Bondage. But I'm going to tell you something right now. The folks that founded this country, they had spiritual faith in Jesus Christ. And all of a sudden, buddy, I'm telling you what, you can go somewhere with spiritual faith. And then they had courage that came out of that spiritual faith. They wanted to come to this land, and they had something in their heart. Freedom! We're going to be free! And they bled and died for the liberties that you and I enjoy today. It's incredible. And then an abundance followed. Isn't that the truth? Yes or no? You talk about a strong beginning, America. But a super nation and a superpower can lose its way and lose its place in the world. And we saw that happen. We've been watching that happen really probably when you get so bold and brash that you can say, we shouldn't pray in schools. When you get so bold and say, you know, the Ten Commandments are on monuments all across our country and in Washington. We don't need that. Get ready. <laughs> and that started back really with the Supreme Court in the late 40s. A guy named Hugo Black. Look it up or go online and get my message on that crazy joker. And then there's complacency that will set in after you get your fat and plenty. And then it comes back around to apathy. I don't care. Whatever. And then it ends up right there, dependence on government. And what's the next step again? We've had a strong beginning. America, wake up. Amen. Say you know, that's why. Let's do it one more time. Let's thank God we live in America. Come on, right here. Amen. You don't, you, don't you quit trying. You go back to that chart right there. If my people called by my name humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from the wicked ways, you know, then, then I will hear from heaven. Amen. And I'll heal their land. That's what we hope, and that's what we're praying for. So let's go now. We've been trying to get to Samson. We're going to get there, ain't we, Raj? Joshua. 
Here's Joshua. He bring, this is the setting the table today of, of Samson. Don't do it in three weeks. Joshua took over for Moses, remember? And he's the one that led the people into the promised land. And there they are. Fought the battle at Jericho, Jericho. And the walls came tumbling down. Yeah. And they fall over all of the stuff. Man, they got the land. But there's still enemies in the land. There's giants in the land. There's people in the land. But they're in the land. And Joshua's old now. He said, now you're in the land. But if, if you do any wise, go back. If you go back and cleave unto the remnant of these nations that are still here. Now, we've whooped most of them's tail. But there's some still hanging out. If you go back and you cleave unto these people, children of Israel, even these that remain among you, and you make marriages with them, and you go in unto them, and they to you, no, K-N-O-W, no. For a certainty that the Lord your God will no more drive out any of these nations from before you, but they shall be snares to you, traps to you, scourges in your side. And say that last part with me. And what? Hmm. Sound like somebody I know. Samson. Until you perish from off this good land which the Lord your God has given you, know it. Know if you go back, God's not going to fight for you. Know if you go back, God will fight against you. That right there on the screen makes you fearful for our country, doesn't it? When you see that right there, guys, we need to get on our face before the Lord. Amen? Joshua, here's, the, here's, here's Joshua still speaking. Behold, this day I'm going to the way of the earth. I'm going to be dying, guys. Joshua's old. And you know in all your hearts and all your souls that not one thing has failed of all the good things which the Lord your God spoke concerning you. Everything he said would come to pass. It did. They're all come to pass. Not one thing has failed of the Lord. Not one. Therefore, it shall come to pass that as all these good things are come on you, which the Lord your God promised you, so shall the Lord bring upon you evil things. If God's word is God's word, it's God's word. If he said the good was going to happen, the good happened, it'll happen. If he said the bad's going to happen, the bad's going to happen. It's going to happen until he's destroyed you from off this good land which the Lord your God has given you. Keep looking. When you've transgressed the covenant of the Lord your God, which he commanded you, and you've gone and served other gods, you bowed yourselves to them, then shall the anger of the Lord be kindled against you, and you shall perish quickly from off the good land which the Lord has given you. This is him talking to Israel. We're setting the plate for Samson. In case you're like, I thought he was talking about Samson if you're hitting somebody right now. We're getting there. Hang on. And Joshua about to die. He's old. He's still got fire in him though, don't he? He said, if it seem evil to you to serve the Lord which did everything he said he was going to do for us. You choose this day whom you're going to serve. Whether the gods which your father served that were on the other side of that flood or the gods of the Amorites right now in whose land we in. Say that part with me. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Amen. Good stuff from old Joshua right there, baby. 
He's one old fellow you wouldn't want to you wouldn't want to tangle with right there at the rest home. He might jump right out of that chair and hit you. Amen. Your choice, he said, will be a witness against you. What you choose will be a witness against you. And the people said unto Joshua, No, no, we're going to serve the Lord. We're going to serve the Lord. And Joshua said unto the people, You are witnesses against yourself. You are witnesses against yourself. That you've chosen you the Lord to serve Him. And they said, Yeah, yeah, I'm a witness. We a witness. So they say, we're in, baby. We're going to serve the Lord. Keep looking. But wait a minute. Wait a minute. Joshua dies. In your Bible, you've got the book of Joshua, and then you've got the book of what? Judges. You see this all through the book of Judges, the very next book. The people did not keep their word. The people did turn, just like that chart. Bondage, blah, blah, the courage, the liberty, the freedom, the land, abundance, complacency, apathy. And fell right back into bondage. Look at, look at chapter 13. And the children of Israel did evil how much? That means all through the book of Judges, you can see it happen all before. Chapter 13 says they did it again. In the sight of the Lord. Look at this. Read that last part for me. And the Lord delivered them into the hand of the who? For how many years? That's what he said he'd do. You turn on me, I turn on you. We don't like God like that, do we? We want him to be like in his little box and like, you know, our little genie God. You know what I'm saying? When I need you, I rub your belly. God didn't play that game. That's all in your imagination. You've been watching I Dream a Genie too much. Okay? Now, here's the cycles of the book of Judges. It's interesting. I just put up the cycle of civilizations in Western America. That was a study done in the 40s. It's a fact. What I put on that screen is a fact. Well, this is the fact of the book of Judges. Here's what happens in the cycle with the children of Israel, with the nation of Israel. Each cycle has completed itself and contains the six same things. When you go through the book of Judges, you see the same exact thing again and again and again. Number one, Israel would sin and begin worshiping idols. That's what they would do. Number two, God would allow their neighboring enemies to dominate and rule over them. Number three, Israel would cry out to God, Oh, heavens, 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 for deliverance, and they would repent and turn from what they had done. Number four, God would raise up, say it with me, a what? Or a what? It's called a judge. Not the typical judge like you and I think of. It's a deliverer who would help usher in what? Peace and prosperity back to the nation of Israel. Five, Israel would enjoy peace and prosperity. Well, isn't that something? Until the deliverer was what? Dead, just like Joshua. Joshua dies headlong. They go crazy. Amen. And they did it again and again and again in the book of Judges. And then finally, Israel would then fall back into sin, back into idolatry, and then back where again? Bondage. Now, why did I tell you all that? Well, because we're looking at the book of Judges. We're not going to look at all the judges. We're going to look at one of the judges. His name is Samson. He was one of them. That helped the children of Israel. So, 
But my question is, does that, what happened in the book of Judges? Does it sound familiar to what I put on the screen to begin with? Yes or no? In case you're like all over, the, oh, he's confusing me today. Well, I did it on purpose. Don't think we're different than Israel. Don't think that we're different than crazy people. We are crazy people too. You hear me or not. And God will not put up with us continuing to say no to him. I said it in the first service. And I screamed it. We're at a place now. I wish some politicians would flat out stand up some state in this country, whether it's Texas, if it has to be one of these states that's just really conservative, they'd stand up and say, starting tomorrow at all schools in Texas, the Ten Commandments are going to be right in the front of our school. Every one of them right there in your face. We're tired of kids being shot. We're going to put it right there. You're going to go over them and you're going to learn them or move to another state. Number two, we're going to pray in the morning. In every classroom, we're going to say a prayer every day. Lord, keep us safe today. Thank you, Lord, for our country today. And I would add, too, we're going to say the Pledge of Allegiance. Yeah, we're just going to do it. And you go get your tail up out of the seat. But no, no, we won't want to do that. No, no, that's against somebody's rights. What about him? But how, no, we're going to do this. We need more cops in every school now. And, and I think we'd agree. We're at that place. We're wore out. We're hurt. So we're going to put three, four, five, ten. How, what's the right number? And every school is going to have maybe one entrance in and out. And they're going to be walled in. That's what you have to do when you wall out God. Did you hear me? Yes or no? You have to wall yourself in and you still ain't safe. Because the problem is the human heart. And you know that as well as I know that. Don't we know that? We saw it in the chart on the study of Western civilization fall, rise and fall of civilizations. Great study, historical studies that's been done. If people aren't even Christians, they're just people that can do history. We see it in the book of Judges. But no, we're smart, America, and we're going to fix it without God. It's a mess. So here we go. The Bible says, For that they that after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh, they that are after the Spirit the things of the Spirit, to be carnally minded is what? To be spiritually minded is what? But we can't help our children be spiritually minded and have life in peace because, you know, they might like it. Because that the carnal mind is enmity against God, it's not subject to the law of God, neither can it be. We're creating the image of God, but we said, God, get out. We don't even know how to live anymore. We're, we're, our thinking is upside down almost everything we do. It's because God, get out. And we've got a generation now that's heard that their whole life. It's scary. So then that they that are in the flesh can't please God. But you're not in the flesh. You're in the spirit, guys. If so, be that the Spirit of God dwells in you. And if any man have not the Spirit of Christ, he's none of his. So they kept having the same problem, Israel, and going back into bondage. But it's a, it's a natural law. It's a natural law as part of the way of God. You depart from me, you're going to have problems. Amen. How many would testify in the room? You would say, Pastor, I did depart from the Lord before, and I flat out had some problems. Can I see your hand? I did that. That's me. I did it. I did it. And it was some mess. How many say it was some mess? Well, I'm not shocked. Amen. Say. That's what happens. 
Keep looking. So Samson, say this with me because now we're getting into the study. Samson is the what? And last what? Cycle of Judges. He's the last one, Samson, in the book of Judges. And the children of Israel, there's our scripture, did evil again in the sight of the Lord. And the Lord delivered them into the hand of the who? For how many years? Forty years. So this is time for Samson. Samson's coming now. The Philistines. He delivered them into the hands of the Philistines. Who were the Philistines? They were a warlike people who migrated from the land of Egypt. But they were warlike people. They were also a seafaring people. They settled along the coastline of the Mediterranean Sea. I've been there many, many times for the Philistines. They, they left their mark on history and the architecture. And some of the findings are there to back all this up in case people don't believe the Bible. <laughs> it's absolutely the truth. They were seemingly impossible to defeat. Couldn't defeat them. And they remained Israel's thorn in the eyes. Play on the words there. And remained that way for centuries, for centuries. You remember the big giant, don't you? What was his name? Goliath. Of the what? The Philistines. Two ways the Philistines continued to overcome Israel. Here's how they did it. Why were they so tough? Here they are. Here's how they overcome us. And I think this is interesting. This is in the news right now all the time. We live in a country where it's all right to take advantage of us, but if we go back and take advantage of you, now that's bad for business. How many ever grew up hearing, by made in America? Let me see some hands that said that. How many you believe it? Let me see you believe it. Now about half of you right there. How many you used to believe it? <laughs> Here's the point. We're seeing this trade mess on the news constantly now, aren't we? It's interesting. The Philistines overcame Israel through trade. There's other ways to overcome nations other than just war. We can, we can lose our economy. We, and that, hurt, that affects every one of us. If we're at the mercy of other countries. Yes or no? Amen or oh me? Okay, so that's how they did it, through trade. Number two, they did it through intermarriage. Through intermarriage. God said, that was a command of His. See, God had a bigger picture. The children of Israel, out of the nation of Israel is going to come a deliverer, a true deliverer one day, Jesus. And God had a purpose for His people Israel. The biggest purpose was a chosen people to bring forth his son so that all of us could be saved. And it's a, the, the, the lineage of Jesus with all the problems Israel have is a miracle <laughs> with these crazy people that he could even get to planet earth. Amen. Say. So that's how they did it. Trade and then they did it through intermarriage. Basically, they dominated them. Say it with me. Through what? Economic and what? Physical what? And guys, I don't want to get off on the trade talk. I'm not experienced enough or to speak about it. I'm about like you probably most of you. I don't know. But I'm going to tell you right now, if you give people something cheap enough, long enough, they won't buy the stuff that costs more. You get drunk on it. Yes or no? Amen. You mean I can get that for $2? But now it's going to cost me $10. I'm going to get us done for $2. That's what they did. They economically and physically seduced 
the Israelites. And that's how they stayed the way they were. Now, here's the thing. Say that with me. Money and what? Sex still does what? You want to get to somebody today? You want to come up with some fancy plan? You don't need to. Just, you got some money? Got you some sex? You can probably do a lot of damage right there. Amen or oh me? Let's take a wild poll. How many ever knew somebody? Of course, it wasn't you. But how many ever knew somebody that uh, really, really went down because of money or sex? Let me see your hand. Money or sex. Look, well, isn't that amazing? So, that's how they did it. No child ever born, though, no child ever born, my words, ever had a better start and more potential to be a spiritual leader than Samson. No child ever born. This was an incredible beginning. Let's read some scripture. There was a certain man of Zorah of the family of the Danites whose name was Manoah. His wife was what? Barren and bare not. And the angel of the Lord appeared unto the woman and said unto her, Behold, now you are barren and bear not, but you shall conceive and bear a what? A son. You're going to have a child. Samson. Samson. He was a child born of prayer. That's who he was. You can't get a better start than this man. He came as a direct result of a visit from the angel of the Lord. You didn't do that. And I didn't. Yes or no? Amen. Say I mean, this is a special guy. He would be raised by parents who were what? Sensitive and obedient to God. This man had an incredible beginning. His family was blessed. They were uniquely visited by who? The angel of the Lord. Probably Jesus himself. Crazy. The angel of the Lord. Could have been one of the times that Jesus himself actually appeared. If Samson's life teaches us anything, it's that children, even with the strongest spiritual beginning, they can do what? Plunge headlong into what? Carnality and immorality. Here's the big word. If they so what? This man had a strong beginning. How many ever beat yourself up as a parent because your kid ran off the rails? And you just, what did I do? I mean, come on, guys. What did I do? I must have done something wrong. It's called choice. Amen. Samson would be a what? Say it with me, a what? He'd be a Nazarite from conception. And a lot of people think of Jesus of Nazareth, so he is a Nazarite. Well, there's a difference there. Samson went from Nazareth. He was something called a Nazarite. Now, because he was a Nazarite, even his mama had to do what? Beware. What do you mean, Clark? Now, therefore, there's the word, verse 4, speaking to his mama. Verse 4, the angel of the Lord. Now, therefore, say it with me. Beware, mama. Angel of the Lord speaking. I pray thee, say it with me, and drink not what? Wine nor strong drink and don't eat anything what? So we learn something about a Nazarite right there. No strong drink, no wine, and nothing unclean. And even you, mama. Why? Because that child that's going to be inside of you, he ain't going to get no nutrition like that at all in him. So it ain't coming through you. Beware. A Nazarite was a form of sanctification. It was a setting apart for a particular spiritual, spiritually righteous purpose. Samson was set apart for that. Very special young man. For lo, thou shalt conceive, you shall bear a son. And watch, here's another Nazarite thing. And no razor shall come upon his head. What? 
For the child shall be a what? Nazarite unto God from the womb. And he shall begin to deliver Israel out of the hand of the Philistines. Then the woman came and told her husband. She said, a man of God came to me. His countenance was like the countenance of an angel of God. Very terrible. But I asked him not where he was, neither did he tell me his name, because I was scared to death. I'm not asking many questions. But he said unto me, behold, you're going to conceive. You're going to bear a son. Don't you drink no wine. Don't you drink no strong drink. Any unclean thing, don't you eat it. And the child's going to be a Nazarite to God from the womb to the tomb. Got it? So a Nazarite observed three particular rules. Say it with me. Number one, cannot do what? Of any kind. Does that mean a roadkill on the road? Absolutely. No dead body of any kind cannot touch it. How about bored you out of tears with Samson? Two, can't drink wine, strong drink, or have contact with the fruit of the vine. No nipping at the grapes, Jack. Number three, cannot cut their hair. You know what I realized? I'm a Nazarite. I ain't touching no dead nothing. Number two, I don't drink. I ain't even that fond of grapes. Number three, I'm pretty well set. You know what I'm saying? Anyway, I just thought of that this week. I'm a Nazarite. I'm not really. Okay, here we go. This was usually not for life, not for life, but it was for a specific time and a specific purpose, okay? But in Samson's case, it was from the womb to the tomb. It's for his whole life. It was for life, okay? Keep going. There it is. From the womb to the tomb. I just like the way it rhymed. Anyway, here we go. Come on. So he had a strong beginning. Roger, tell me I'm almost done. Daddy prays, daddy prays. Then Manoah entreated the Lord and said, Oh, my Lord. He heard his wife, Oh, my Lord. That's what I'd do. And your Lord appeared to me. I'd be like, Oh, my Lord. I'd be like, Who done showed up? Let the man of God which you did send come again to, to, to us. He's saying me. Well, I don't believe you. And teach us what we should do to this child that's born. So he prays. Daddy prays. So this is a good family he's coming into, isn't it? And God answered Daddy's prayer. God hearkened to the voice of this father, Manoah. And the angel of God came again unto the woman as she sat in the field. And Manoah, her husband, went with her then. She's in the field by herself. And the woman made haste and ran and showed her husband, See, I told you. And said unto him, Behold, a man appeared to me. He came, the same guy that came the other day, he's back. And Manoah rose and went after his wife. What? He runs after her. Came to the man and said unto him, Are you the man that speaks to the woman? This is crazy, ain't it? And he said, I am. That's what made me think it was Jesus. I am that I am. You hear me? And Manoah said, Now let thy words come to pass. How shall we order the child? How are we going to do all this? Wait a minute. Back it up. What? How shall we order the child? How shall we do this? And, oh, I guess I already ready. Keep going. <laughs> and the angel of the Lord said unto Manoah, Of all that I said unto the woman, let her beware. She may not eat of anything that comes of the vine, neither let her drink wine of strong drink, nor eat any unclean thing. All that I command her, let her observe. 
Daddy offers a sacrifice to the Lord. And Manoah said unto the angel of the Lord, I pray thee, hey, let us detain you. Come on, you come and have supper with us. Come on, let's have some lamb. And the angel of the Lord said unto Manoah, Though thou detain me, I'm not eating your bread. And if you're going to offer a burnt offering, thou must offer it to who? To the Lord. For Manoah knew not, say it with me, that he was an angel of the Lord. And Manoah said unto the angel of the Lord, What is your name, that when sayings come to pass, we may do honor to you? When all this happens, we're going to give you the credit. And the angel of the Lord said unto him, Why ask thou thus after my name, seeing it is secret? So Manoah took a kid, a lamb, with a meat offering, and he offered it on a rock to the Lord. And the angel did wondrously. And Manoah and his wife looked on. And it came to pass when the flame went up toward Heaven from off the altar that the angel of the Lord ascended in the flame of the altar. And Manoah and his wife looked on it. And then they fell on their face to the ground. But the angel of the Lord did no more appear to Manoah and to his wife. Then Manoah knew he was an angel of the Lord. You that don't read the Bible, that's fun. Amen. Say Mama's help. Mama helps calm daddy down. We're just reading the Bible. These are my words at the top. Mama helps calm daddy down. And Manoah said unto his wife, We go die! We go die! Sounds like me. The kids get hurt. I'm like, They go die! They go die! I'm horrible. If you ever have a child hurt, do not come to me. I'm horrible. I, are, are other men like that? Anybody else like me? Some men in here? You lie! I'm not the only one. But his wife said unto him, listen, listen, fool. If he was wanting to kill us, he wouldn't receive the offering, nut. And a meat offering in our hands. Neither would he even show us all these things just so that we're going to be dead. I guess he got it. So Samson's born. Happy birthday to you. Okay. And the woman bare a son and called his name what? And the child what? And the Lord what? Samson had a great beginning. That's the message today. Just give you the background. And the Spirit of the Lord began to move him at times in the camp of Dan between Zorah and Eshtel. He started to move on Samson as Samson grew up. That was his purpose. Am I done, Raj? It's your choice, guys. Beware of the seduction of money and sex. Right? Joshua said it's your choice if you'll serve the Lord or not. Also, beware of money and sex. It got Israel. Avoid the vicious cycle of judgment that we put on the screen. Got it, church? See yourself apart. See, set yourself apart for God, like that Nazarite thing. Set yourself. You're not a Nazarite, but you can set yourself apart for God. That's what we've learned so far. No, God isn't out to kill you, but to bless you. Remember? He wasn't out to kill. He's not out to kill you. He wants to bless you. We quit right here. Samson, a strong beginning. Hope you'll come next week, and let's see 
I'm going to tell you right now, it just gets crazy. <laughs> it is better than the movie, what we have for you in the next couple of weeks. Try to do that. I think you'll really enjoy it. Let's thank the Lord for his word this morning. we got to quit. Amen. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Amen. Get up on your feet.